ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. And thank you for joining us. This is episode... 21 right 21 and for those of you that are paying attention at home um you will notice that let's see today is i'm looking at my wrist which does not have a watch on it but it is tuesday june 9th um episode 20 of the chris and andre show will be published wednesday june 10th just uh for those of you that are keeping score i did say that i would have all of the old episodes that i was backlogged on edited by the time we met again i did just barely by the skin of my teeth fulfill that promise um i mean technically like i had the episode edited by the time we were supposed to start recording but i wanted to get it uploaded and scheduled too so i was like i'll finish that real quick Uh um so not to pat myself on the back because I really don't deserve it, but uh, I will take a round of applause. So, hey, yeah, thank you for doing your job. I guess like, I, I don't know what to say. And you just named our episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'm grateful. I, like I think that. Um, yeah, I'm glad because I really like and enjoy like our time to talk and also the fact that we get to share all the stuff with people, hopefully in a timely manner. So I like listening to ourselves talk to each other. Um, yeah. And, you know, so that's that's the real joy for me in editing these episodes is that I get to I get to hear us talk when we talk the first time and then I get to listen to us again. Uh, when I edit it, and then I get to listen to us a third time, usually when I eventually get around to listening to the full episode, just for. I I tell you what, though, I listened to an episode today in my car, and I was like, "Yeah, I have verbal typos." (laughs) 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 Yeah. um... Yeah, I I totally try to keep the episode as real as possible when it comes to that stuff. I mean, occasionally especially when there were episodes where we were having significant internet uh, issues, I was doing a lot of trimming of things and silencing of tracks to try and make sure that we weren't just constantly (laughs) stepping on each other's toes. Um, But yeah, for the most part, I mean, I, I look, we're two real people. Right. And I think one of the things that I always hate about like television and movies is the fact that none of that feels real. I mean, right. you know, I think it's one of the reasons that you and I love the, um, I'm going to completely forget what it is now, but it's a screen rant, right? Uh, yeah. The movie pitch. Uh, yeah. Uh, movie uh, Pitch meeting. Pitch meeting. Right? Yeah. Uh, it, it's because they are literally just going through and pointing out all of the ridiculous nonsensities that nonsensities, that's a new word that I'm going to make up. Nonsensical <laughs> uh, uh, entities that exist within these movies. We were watching the Tomb Raider movie, um this weekend and i can't help it like i just i'm at the point now where it's like everything i watch i'm constantly just picking it apart and sitting here going, right yeah uh-huh because that's what you do yeah no why wouldn't you just do this well because the freaking movie would be over chris but it's like at times it just feels lazy you know like there are times where i can accept it and be like well yeah okay it would have been really hard to come up with something else there like i get but so you're you're actually describing the entire fast and furious franchise then, right? oh my gosh <laughs> I mean, it's like yeah. the, it's the laziest <laughs> least amount of effort type it's, of crap it's very true 
That's yeah. very true. Although, I mean, I'm getting to the point now because we also watched um, Die Hard 3 uh, with a Vengeance and then yeah. Die Hard 4, Live Free or with Die son, Hard. Right? Huh? Is that the the one with his son? That's the one with Justin Long. But Justin Long does not play his son in that movie. So that because Christy thought the same thing. She has she was like, I don't know, I've never seen it. And so we watched it. Um Unplex? Yeah, of course. I have to watch it again because no, I, I just I mean, Die Hard Three, for multiple reasons, is such an amazing movie. Samuel L. Jackson in that film. I mean, and and in particular with everything that's going on right now to watch that movie this weekend and to see just some of those scenes, especially at the very beginning of the movie where he's talking to his nephews in the store. Um, and he's, you know, like, what are we going to do? We're going to go to school. Why do we go to school to get good grades? Why do we get good grades to go to college? And why is that important? Because we need respect, you know, and, um, you know, you know, Sam the- Jackson, you know, Sam Jackson was one of the ushers in MLK's funeral. No, I did mm-hmm. not know that. I just learned that yesterday. He was actually, and I'm not trying to cut you off or hijack what you're saying, but um, I've always rocked with Sam Jackson. And he is a like legit civil rights activist in our country and was one of the ushers in this uh, for MLK. And I was like, yo, like <laughs> he's so dope, like in, on so many different levels. Every level. I mean, I, I, I'm, I can't really think of one that he's not. <laughs> you know? like, yeah, but money's from. He's from Chattanooga. I was like, yo, for real, you're from Chattanooga. <laughs> I didn't know that either. Yeah, I was like, I was doing research, mad research. I'm like, yeah, where's this guy from? I'm like, yo, money's from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Did not know that. That's um, funny. That's dope. But yeah, I mean, just you know, fun fact about Sam Jackson. That's my dude. <laughs> I totally but he's, he asked the kids, he says, you know, and, and, uh, and who's going to help us? Nobody. Right. Uh, and he says, and, and who do we not want help from? And they go white people. <laughs> he's like, that's right. And that's the end of it. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, my stepfather, uh, he's from Sanford, North Carolina. And, um, I, I give a lot of respect to, um, so I read an article on our site called yes, America is racist. You are racist. And, you know, one thing that I remember as a kid, my stepfather would tell me like before he went to school every day, he would have to like, he would literally go pick cotton and tobacco. And like the thought of moving to the South was not sitting well with my older brother. And I was like, yo, we're gonna, I'm going to even try to go pick anything. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah. And, um, but when I think back on like, his view on white people and he was he was in the air force i can see it now i can totally respect his point of view when i when i think back to my mother like uh my grandmother on my mom's side is from uh, georgia that's the reason why i like southern soul food and uh, i never understood that until i found like oh yeah she's from like georgia oh, that's where that comes from <laughs> that's right i'm like yeah, I don't, totally get that because i was like yeah i'm I'm like totally digging these collard greens like that like a certain way right or the the macaroni cheese a certain way but you know mashed potatoes a certain way and um you know like if i'm being honest i don't rock with the south like that like i i don't know why if i'm you know being super honest i don't know why 
black people are in the South, like, cause it's racist. <laughs> it's like super racist. Uh, and solely an inconvenience. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it's, <laughs> but I can totally understand like how generations before mine can, they, when they make statements like, you know, we don't want the white person to help us. I, I get it because okay. I, I firmly believe like my mom, my father, my, you know, they went to school like during segregation. They were kids. They had kids. You know, so the, the things they they learned, they taught us. So on the flip side, a racist person, same thing. You know, don't mess with black people. Don't rock with black people like that. So yeah, you know, I can totally see that. That's that's dope. I, I love Sam Jackson. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he improvised that line. I'm sure. I'm sure, you know, 90% of what he said in that movie. And the fact that he, his character's name was Zeus. He's like, oh, yeah. When he first meets Bruce Willis, and he's, you know, the guy says, hey, Zeus. And so he keeps calling him, hey, Zeus. And he's like, <laughs> why do you keep calling me, hey, Zeus? He's like, that guy said your name. He's like, my name is Zeus. <laughs> like the god. <laughs> Like the so shove a lightning the, bolt up your ass. I saw the uh the uh cinema sins on that movie, right? I don't uh. know if you start I don't know if you started rocking with that yet, but I totally rock with cinema sins. And they did Die Hard 3. <laughs> Yo, it is hilarious. It is so funny. I they talk about how they that. take the, they take the cab from like lower Manhattan <laughs> to like get to Mount Sinai. He's like, if you've ever been to New York, the traffic would never allow this. Yeah. You know? So it's it's hilarious. So you got to check out Cinema Sins. Um, but yeah, well that's dope. Uh, let's see. So that's that's your week. That's what you've been up to. Yeah, pretty much watching Die Hard um, and editing podcast episodes. Um, that's good. So I'm proud of you. Yeah, you know it's a <laughs> it's a simple life, but it's one that I've built for myself. So I'm I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> like, I, I'm going to let you run. But with when it. I wear glasses and say it, I feel smarter. <laughs> like, I know. I'm like, I'm like totally watch you rock the glasses. I got to buy some new glasses. <laughs> well, I finally, uh, I mean, it'd probably been like 10 years since I'd been to the eye doctor. And I'd noticed that over the last year or so in particular, like my night driving was getting more difficult <laughs> to see. Um, you hit a cow. <laughs> no, I mean, like I can, I could see, but it was just like, it was harder, you know, like I just, I, I, I'd always had very good vision. I was very fortunate that I had like 2015 vision when I was in high school. Um, and sure. Sure. yeah, I know, whatever. And so I just noticed like, and like reading small texts and stuff like that, or editing the podcast, looking at the computer screen all day was just really exhausting for my eyes. Right. And so when I went to get my eyes checked, um, because Christy was nice enough to get me set up with an appointment there because I'm like a child. I have to have somebody make my appointments for me or else I'll never get around to doing it. Speaking of which, I need to make my doctor's appointment. Anyways. Um, <laughs> shout out to Christy. Yeah. And Chris is really like, he shows all of his weaknesses in every area of his life. That's, right. <laughs> <He's> like... <laughs> That's why I need a great woman to pick me up. What can I say? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so the doctor was like yeah you know i mean like there's you, your eyes are just getting older faster you know you spend a lot of time in front of the computer screen um and so normally that you would start to see this around age 40 you're 35 almost 36 so it's happening about five years earlier you know some uh some slight corrective glasses that you can wear when you're working on the computer should help um you know just to stress your eyes a little less 
the first day when they got here and I put them on, oh my gosh. You couldn't walk, could you? No, it was awful. Um, Everything looked funny? Yeah, very funny. Yeah. And so it took me a while to get used to them, but now that I've had them for about a week, um, I've, I've, I like them. I mean, it definitely with the computer screen and stuff makes it a lot easier to see. It's like well, it's, it's like I have just a very small magnifying glass. <laughs> that's because I can't see, like for the most part, anything. Like everything... <laughs> I do I do things based off of association. <laughs> <laughs> Echolocation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. You, you, I would say you look smarter, but that would be messed up. But you look smarter. Oh well thank you. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's uh that's good. I'm glad that yeah, Vision Wear, like uh I watched this documentary. Like I gotta stop watching documentaries on on um just like how the industry's so it's so it's so rigged. Like one company makes 90 plus percent of all the glasses in the world. So I need to buy some new glasses. I have to get an updated prescription. And even eye insurance is a, is a ripoff. Oh yeah. Like the exam's only like 80 bucks. Yeah. And I can go buy the glasses for like, what, 150 bucks or whatever. Something like that's, that. Yeah. That's cheaper than what I pay for in eye insurance. So yeah. um, I'm not bitter. I'm just saying. If you are looking for new glasses, I recommend iBuyDirect. Oh, yeah? You can find them at iBuyDirectOnline.com. No, I don't know what their <laughs> website is. It's probably just iBuyDirect, E-Y-E-B-U-Y, Direct. Uh, we got we got to put a link in there because I, I was looking at Warby something. Yeah, Warby Parker. Um, yeah, so yeah, Warby yeah. Parker uh, will give you like the five uh, glasses. They'll send you like five free frames to try or something like that. So you can kind of see which ones you like on your face the most. You send the ones that you don't like back or something like that, I think. Um, their frames are very nice. They tend to be a little bit more expensive. Um, I buy direct. I think I got mine for like 30 or 40 bucks. Um, they have the blue, uh, light, like, you know, filter thing on them. Um, my prescription is pretty basic. I think it's like plus plus one twenty five in each eye. Um, so I don't know if that, I know it's (laughs) next topic. (laughs) Andre's like, and I'm done. (laughs) This guy's got glasses for a plus one twenty five prescription. I mean, that's what the doctor said. He was like, you don't. I mean, I think it's not. Yeah, I can't even see past my arm. Like my arm is like. I'm like, oh, it's just a blur. These are just like making my life easier. It's not even like I can't see without them. (laughs) Privilege. Yeah. (laughs) First world problem. Sports. Yeah. So I was trying to. uh, uh, I don't know. I was getting excited about uh, the potential. The potential of an NBA season. The potential of an NFL season. Yeah. And. It went south, man. It went south. Um, some some people had to go and mess that up for you, huh? Yeah, I mean, like... Hashtag, thanks, Drew Brees. Yeah, he was the icing on the cake. Because I, I watched Goodell's speech, and I was like, my man, come on. Like, that's super soft. Like, you're way... You're, you guys killed my dude's career. You, you're what, you're a thousand you, days late and about a bazillion dollars short? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, I don't care what anybody says about Kaepernick. He wasn't, I wouldn't say he's a top tier quarterback, but, but dude's nice. 
Like dude's better than you know probably two thirds of the quarterbacks that are starting. The starting quarterbacks, and definitely better than every single one of the backups. Pretty much that's on any team. Yeah. So for the NFL to give a lame, a super lame apology, and just just get out, like yeah. no owners spoke out. Nope. They were all like. And did you hear that not not all of the owners were aware that that was the statement that Goodell was going to make or that he was even going to make a statement that he basically went to the owners that matter per se. So like Robert Kraft and, um, you know, Kraft, I hate to say it, Kraft has, he's earned some of my respect. You yeah. Know? I mean, I, and look, I, I agree that I think Goodell's apology was soft. I think for him, it is as much or probably more so about his legacy as an NFL commissioner and feeling like I think he knows he blew it back with the Kaepernick stuff when it first happened. And no, he didn't blow it. He botched it. Well, okay. So he botched it, but I think he's been trying to figure out how he can kind of like in it, not even in like an underhanded way, but like in a way that doesn't, go against who are obviously the people in the league that don't want to see Kaepernick back. Right. Cause there's, there's, I think there's, there's a very clear contingency of people in the league that don't want Colin Kaepernick to be on a team. Right. Yeah. They're all racist. Yes. The racists in the league don't want him in, in the league. There's the other group that either is silent and doesn't really care one way or the other. Right. Or does care, but is a very small minority. Chris, think about the the picture you sent me, and I laughed for like twenty minutes. <laughs> Yo, if if all the players stop showing up, who who would play? Like, who would play? Well, it'd you be like, saw um, it'd be like four white dudes. Florida State. Did you hear yeah, about yeah. Mike Norvell? And I mean, the number one player talent wise on that team who could have gone to the NFL and stayed because of how much he respected what Mike Norvell had to say when he came in is the one who comes out and says, Nope, we're not practicing. Yep. I'm good. Yep. And I'll be honest. I love it. I want to see so much more of that. I mean, we talked on the last episode about boycotting and how that needs to become much more of a tool in the American people's you know, Arsenal again. And I think college players in particular, NFL players, like you guys don't like this. You don't like what your team or your league is standing up and saying right now. Like, yeah, use your voice. You, you have a platform. Yeah. And then if we want to be like philanthropists and we're like, yeah, we're going to dull money out the here, here, here. No, pay these kids college tuitions. They're going to, if I'm willing to sacrifice my scholarship and I willing to stand up for something, you know, support me there. Like, let's stop with this this social media. All right, I got to be careful. Let's stop with. We are at a point right now where it's people are tired, and I, I'm probably reiterating what people like a lot of black people said. We're tired of being tired. I'm tired of watching. Like, if you're my homie, if you're my dude, and you're watching somebody discriminate against me, and you say nothing, I'm good. Like I know where you stand, and the the companies NFL too. If that is the culture that you want to like, you know, propagate, I don't want to. I don't want to rock with you. 
but I, and I got, but I have, you know, like even like you mentioned Drew Brees, and like I, I sent you a text. I'm like, yeah, he was just the ice in the cake. Yeah. But then he like he backtracked and apologized, and then I was like, yo, is he really apologizing? And then Trump hit, you know, like went at him, and he, I, my man, I don't have social media, but I saw it in the news. Yeah. He directed a post directly to Donald Trump, and I was like. And that's my dude because I was pissed because he's he's in my well, in my top ten top quarterbacks. Yeah, and I'm like, yo, I totally support you, and and you're gonna you're gonna go out like that. The flag, come on, dude. It's it was never about the flag. It was never about the flag, money. Like you gotta you gotta step off of that. Yeah, I mean, and that's you know, uh, I think that is the thing where I'm still I'm still having a hard time coming around to Drew Brees' side, even after the apology. And and I wasn't aware of him sending a post directly to Donald Trump on social media. That does, I think, speak a little bit. Um, look, and I'm not saying that I'm never, you know, going to forgive him, right, or that he can't, you know, in, in – I mean, what does he care whether or not I personally, Chris Smith that lives in Cary, North Carolina, forgive him. I'm not even a Saints fan, but I'm just saying, like, I, I think he's got a long, lot longer way to go, at least if, in my eyes, but – I, I so for me it's like the fact I that can't... he's open to to learning right or to changing his mind I think is is the and and seems at least from the from his apology post to understand you know that what he said was very ignorant if not downright just offensive so I guess my question is and you know I was talking to Tachi about this I'm like yo you know what I don't get like I don't understand why people are racist intellectually i get it like i understand like that can happen that's a you know people can take that stance but i don't understand their why right uh like i can understand and and i'm open about it there was a point in my life where i was for the most part for lack of a better term pretty much homophobic but i was willing to say "Eh, is is that really right is that really what i believe (laughs) you know like I've got friends that are gay or lesbian. I have an aunt that's a lesbian. I have, you know, I have an uncle that passed away some years ago that's gay. Like, did that change, like, how I felt about them? And the, rea- the reality was no, you know. But at least I understand why. And I, I, I'm not excusing racism, but do we understand why? Like, can somebody articulate to me, you know, if, if you're listening and you're racist, I'd love to hear why. Just explain it to me. If you're listening and you're racist, I'd be amazed. No offense. <laughs> I, mean, I welcome all of our listeners, please. But I, no, but I, I really, but I really want to understand. Like, help me understand. And I'm not passing judgment, but Drew Brees, the same thing. I have to, I have to check my convictions at the door, right? If somebody's willing to say, maybe I'm not seeing this right, or maybe I'm possibly wrong or whatever, or I need to know, know something. I can't say I'm a Christian and not be forgiving yeah. until that person proves me wrong or proves themselves wrong. I have to be open to that. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm going to let them like hit me with a baseball bat, but like it's hypocritical. Yeah. And so for me, like the fact that he was willing to go on the ledge and directly tweet, I know it was an Instagram post directly at Donald Trump. And for the record, I no longer call him president. 
he's not my president. Yeah, you might notice that in my um, episode notes from episode 20 that I am no longer referring to him as President Donald Trump. Yeah, he's he's a racist, bigot, misogynist, xenophobic, lying POS, in my opinion. Don't forget fascist. And fascist. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> so that's why he's got a stiffy for uh, Antifa. Yeah. It's like, well, of course, <laughs> they're literally anti him. and it's also because that way he can just basically label the entire what you know left like you know radical terrorists yeah but well you know i want to i want to give drew Brees a opportunity like uh your guy bubba bubba what's his name bubba bubba wallace bubba wallace yeah (laughs) i was so shocked to find out there was a black nascar driver that had first of all like i i've heard the name but i never really did any research i was like Oh, he's black. So let me hear what he's trying to say. Well, because you remember we talked about him a few yeah, episodes ago. He was the guy they, in like the IRL. Yeah, right over my head. <laughs> <laughs> Lost a sponsor because he he rage quit because <laughs> he got <laughs> crashed into the wall. <laughs> but I just I think in like Bubba Wallace. Oh well, yeah, God. I mean a NASCAR driver with the first that's name Bubba. Kid. That's not the first time that's ever happened. Bubba yeah. Watson, I think, was another. Or no, he's a he's a golfer, Bubba Watson. But he's a he's a big old white guy. Yeah, I was like Bubba. I, I don't know any brother named Bubba, but. <laughs> <laughs> Bubba but what I saw, yeah, I know. I was thinking like <laughs> uh, the only one. Yeah, I know that, and that's just a fictional character. So when I'm watching the news, I'm like, "Yo, money's black, and he's got green eyes, and like, you know." He's got a uh, Russell Wilson hair. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like, pre or post Sierra? <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> Have you post. seen those commercials or like no. the, the side by sides where it's like, <laughs> oh my God. Sierra messed that boy up, man. Seriously. <laughs> There's no way. It's time for politics. <laughs> But I had to listen to him. And I, I see. So as a black man in America, it's it's a delicate balance. I can't just assume that all white people are bad or, or you know, they're there's no like listening like that's that's the us versus them mentality. And I've talked about it time and time again. And I'll tell you what, the news is slowly catching up to, to stuff we're saying, you know, it's like. Yeah, we've been playing the us versus them game for a minute, and all that is, it's just it's divisive. Yeah, you know. Well, and uh, I think it's probably been one of the most, you know, like encouraging things that I've seen so far is the fact that it's not um, just black people, you know, that are out marching and protesting right now. And I think it's good for two reasons: one, because obviously you've got a lot of people that are not necessarily directly affected by what's going on, but see it and understand that it's completely unacceptable and are willing to go out and and fight for other people's rights, which is, you know, a big part of what I believe is, is a, is a foundational principle in this country, right? Is that we don't just fight for our own rights, but we fight for the rights of others as well. Um, And then I think the fact that what you're also seeing is a lot of those non, you know, a lot of those white protesters who are getting pushed and beaten and shot and tear gassed. And you know, who cares about that? Other white people that are sitting at home watching it on the news. And 
There's some of them that are going to sit there and say, well, that's what they deserve for being out there protesting. But there's a lot more of them that are obviously sitting there going, holy shit, this is not this does not look like something that I should be seeing on the streets of America. You know, like this is something that I would expect to see from some, you know, dictator third world country where they've got, you know, a protest going on somewhere. And now it's time to clear the streets. Yeah, I I um I feel the same way, you know, like uh it's shown in our current history that when things hit the suburbs, that's when it's a problem. Um opioids, you know, quote unquote. I mean the whole the war on drugs, right? Yeah. It wasn't a problem until it started hitting suburbs. Yeah. You know, and you, you look at Ronnie, freaking like, Ronnie Reagan, then yeah. that was his whole thing, you know? Yep. I, I I think that um I don't know. I, I just feel like it's sad that I, I'm angry. I'm not sure where and how to direct my anger, like with um, the way that we're getting this message out. Like I will say that like uh, Fox News was showing up in my Google News feed. Yeah. I blocked it. Yep. I was like, yeah, I'm good. Yep. Like you guys are, you guys are liars. And there's a reason we called episode, I think, 19 uh, or no, episode 18, Fox and Fringe. Yeah. Like, you guys- and I'm, I'm sure when I shared that on Facebook and I have some of my Facebook friends that decided that they aren't going to listen to my podcast. And if you're still here, thank you very much. Um, and if you're not, you know, that's on you, yeah. honestly. Like, you know, we're here and we're open to these conversations you know it may maybe it seems like we're closed-minded on these things um but i'll tell you what like i was a black republican so like you can't tell me i'm closed-minded yeah i mean and and i was i was a white republican (laughs) you know that's pretty common but yeah um, yeah, that's nothing new like i voted for bush twice i voted for mitt romney i voted for marco rubio and i'll tell you why i voted for uh the the reason why I believed in some of the things that the Republicans talked about was basically because I don't believe in large government. Like you, you can't prove to me where it's been successful and it gets in the way of people having opportunity. And when you, you take opportunity away from a neighborhood, you strangle them. Every time I hear somebody talk about crime in the inner city, I'm like, yeah, but let me ask you a question. Are you down with gentrification? Are you down with, you know, why is it that most inner cities don't have banks? Why is it when you start a, a minority owned bank that it gets swallowed up in some damn consolidation? Like you, you tell me where like I, I'm wrong. And when you take opportunity away and it's like, yeah, I got to feed my kids or, you know, my, I'm watching my mom struggle and it's easier to sell drugs. It's easier to like go stick some, some kid up on the street to get cash. Yeah, crime's out of control. It's maybe not even easier. It's literally the only option. Yeah, you, you take away options, right? You know, like there, there is no other opportunity, right? Like, and, and when you grow up in that environment and you see the people that are successful, right, are the ones that are running drugs and are, you know, doing whatever other legal stuff because that's what's available. And so, or you it, get tired of watching people struggle. Yeah. It doesn't mean that everybody in a neighborhood is going to succumb to like that. Right? No. But it's that much harder to get out, to go to school, to, you know, to go exactly. to college. Well, because then that whole, then the, that neighborhood develops a certain kind of like, you know, reputation. Right. And then, right. and then that it just, it's a whole downward spiral. And so yes, America, you are racist. Yeah. 
Like, I mean, you can you can tell Still. me whatever you want. You, you can tell me whatever you want to tell me, but I don't believe that. I mean, like, we're, I, we're caging, you know, immigrants coming into the country basically right. because they're not white. Right. Right. Let's be honest. You know, I mean, yo, dude, they were coming from Canada that we wouldn't care. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, that's, I don't know if that's true. No, I, know, I don't know if that's true. I know a Canadian that he lost his green card. <laughs> Although at the rate things are going right now, I'm pretty sure Canada's going to start building a wall, you know, before yeah, we ever get around to finishing ours. Like Canada's just going to be like, yeah, yeah, we're good. We're, we're good. We're good. You guys stay down there. Hey. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, uh, I don't know. So I don't, like, I saw Michael Steele, who was like the poster boy, uh, black guy in charge of the RNC for like a year or two. And even he gets it. You know, he was just like, nah, he's wrong. You know, uh, Ben Carson, like, I was trying to be apologetic for the guy. Screw that guy. Yeah. Like, he's just another house nigger, in my opinion. Like, and I hate to say that, but he's a, he's a do boy. And if I ever got a chance to tell him, like, dude, you you sold out, bro. Like, you can't tell me your faith aligns with what you're saying right now. And I'm actually going to write the publisher of my men's devotional Bible and buy a new one and say, hey, in the future, could you not put any articles from Ben Carson? So, like... I am all about that boycott right now. Like I'm literally trying to figure out, like I got to change my security company. Gotta, there's a lot of things I got to change right now. Yep. It's like, yeah, I'm not trying to give you money just to be ignorant. But at the same time, racist people are entitled to their opinions. My problem is they can't articulate them. Yeah. Tell me what's so wrong with not being white. Like that's, that's a legit question. Oh, I thought you were it's talking a, to me. Sorry. No, no, like, <laughs> like, dude, no, I didn't say that. Jeez. But real, but real talk, though, right? Like, tell, like, articulate why you feel that way. Like, help me understand why you feel that way. Oh, okay. I mean, and I'm not asking you to, like, change your opinion. But at least I understand. I can accommodate to, like, and understand behind the curtain of your mind. Because, like, right now, you're just pissing people off, you know? You got dudes trying to the you got the president of the United States. He's a he wants to be a dictator. He's a chump. Like have I ever met Donald Josephette Tiara Trump? I would spit on him because he's a piece of crap. He this dude is going to walk across to this church. And people keep saying, why was he holding the Bible so weird? I think it's because it was burning in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> like, he didn't know what to do with it. And it's no, like, because Bible- he's literally never opened one in his life. Yeah. And, and yet you it- have evangelical, you know, uh, pastors that are coming out, like, praising this moment, you know, as a, as a triumph for, you know, Christianity in America and all of this stuff. And it's just like... Yeah, I'm pretty sure Jesus wasn't all down with like. Jesus was a Middle Eastern Jew. Yeah, well, they always <laughs> like to forget that part. Yeah, like he was an olive skin, open for discussion, Middle Eastern Jew. Like he's not some blonde haired blue eyed white boy. Yeah. Like, so stop with that lie. Like, let's, or I'm sorry, white America. Jesus probably looked more like me with a Russell Wilson hair. 
probably. So, but didn't you I, hear that Chris Evans is going to play him in the next uh, Jesus movie that Mel Gibson is making? I hope not. I hope I'm you're just joking. kidding. I made that up. He's <laughs> 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 like Captain America. That would be such like the American like Jesus, you know? Yeah. <laughs> with, with with big guns and bazookas and stuff, and you know, like the bandoleros. Are... <laughs> It, it's just so it's so pathetic. Like Donald Donald Trump is a chump, man. Like I, I don't. Trump I am your law and order president. Dude, shut up. You you are not, man. Does that mean he watches a lot of Law and Order? Yeah, that's exactly. Like, <laughs> he, between, is like, he clock. sitting in the bunker hiding from the protesters? <laughs> oh, money was so mad about that. Yep, so mad that he came out and said I wasn't hiding in the bunker. It was more of an inspection. I've been down there three times already. <laughs> So this is not the first time that they've been scared for your life because you're such a terrible freaking president. He's a chump, man. He's like the biggest chump. He's like, he has, he's like, he's put a fence around the White House. Yeah. Oh, and that, that and Barr. I mean, trust me, Barr is on my list too now. You know, um, yeah. that guy, uh, I can't imagine he's going to be attorney general. I mean, well, I know yeah. that it's, no, you know. no, no. It's, if it's you're a Republican right now up for re-election, you're out. Like, I think like the barometer of like the middle crowd, the people, the the missing third we don't focus on. We spend so much time on left right issues. Yeah, the middle third is like, mm, I'm good. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I I think the those people who put who probably helped to put Donald Trump in office were the same ones who were expecting the, I guess, mature Republican politicians in Washington to keep him on track. Yeah. And they have 100% failed to do that and instead have looked at this as nothing more than an opportunity to take four years to dismantle everything that was done over the previous eight years because simply because it had President Obama's name on it. And then enact a whole bunch of really, really ridiculous stuff. And now, essentially, just wave the white flag and say, "Yeah, we are the racist party." Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, the the I, white flag. Did I say white flag? I meant white hood. <laughs> You're right. It is. Yo, mad, mad respect to Mitt Romney. Like, yeah. I, I don't care anybody said. Like, first, I mean, yeah, I voted for dude. Like, I think like. I read that article you sent me um, on why he marched and because I, I mean, I, I think I had some of the same thoughts that some people did when I I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. My very first thought when I saw that he was there was hell yeah, Mitt Romney, like <laughs> somebody on that side gets it right. Yeah. And then I kind of had that, you know, like, well, was it all just but then when I read all that stuff about his dad and all of all of the other things that he's gone through and and done and it's like no this makes a ton of sense you know like this is who he is ultimately and yeah, that's, at the end of the day. that's yeah at the end of the day that's what you need right like that's yeah. what we want from our politicians is like this is who i am this is the reason you elected me right is to be who i am and to represent you the best of my ability and doesn't mean the per that's why it's not about it's not about politics. It's about policy. I'm not going to, I'm never probably going to agree a hundred percent with any politicians politics. Do you and but I if, agree on a hundred percent of everything? No. Like, and we're best friends, right? Yeah. It's, like, like, <laughs> it's, not, it's not a personal thing. It's like, I don't, no. the, the politics are, 
that's willy nilly to me. But the policy is the policy sound. Yeah. Like, and you know, again, I voted for Romney, Rubio, he can eat one. Like, I'm, I'm good. Yep. You know, Ted Cruz. <laughs> first of all, he's a weasel in, in, in and of himself. Like, he's Cuban. Per, all right, he doesn't speak <laughs> Spanish. He's Cuban, and he's on some BS right now, man. Yeah. Like, I read, I read one of his statements. I'm like, money, come on. What are you talking about? Yep. And he's cut Cuban, your beard. But, but, I mean, only when he's applying to college. Yeah. I mean, the rest that, of the time, he walks around looking like a white dude. So, yep. he's enjoying all that. You know, like, it's not. I, I, I want to say this. Like, if you're a Republican, I get it. I think it's the Republican Party, the GOP is dead. It's now the party of Trump, period. Like, and I, I don't rock with Trump. I mean, they I sold rock- their soul four years ago yeah. for that presidency, is what they did. And they're so, they're so scared of like his 140 character tirades. It's like, man, I would smack. If I ever saw Donald, I'd slap him. Like, I, Secret like, Service I be damned. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't care. I don't know if I ever told you this. I was in a union station in DC one time and um, I was coming out of a bookstore and some guy like pushed me against the wall. I was like, yo, this is about to be a thing. And I saw the little earpiece coming out. I was like, yo, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he was like 13 over here. And I was like, yeah, I, you know, cause he was like swole, <laughs> like a, like a, a sequoia white boy, like like eight feet tall, just square swole. I was like, yo, I could hit him. I don't know if that's just gonna piss him off. Like, you know, I, I, I was like, and I saw the little ear dangly thing, the little pin. I was like, yeah, all right, so that's probably a government guy. Yep. And then I noticed, like, as I looked down the balcony, it was uh, Bill Clinton and, and uh, Chelsea, like walking through. Ah. Uh. Yeah, good life choices, Andre. Good life choices. <laughs> yeah. I would get tased by the secret yeah. <laughs> I would make a bad life choice for Donald. Okay. Yeah. Like he he's worth it, and that's why dude's like hiding now. Speaking of slaps, did you see the video of the woman in the convenience store that slapped uh, the Karen? Oh, that was <laughs> telling her to go back to Mexico. Oh, she, like, she grabbed her and she turned around. And I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> yo!" Like, what makes you feel like? All right, so I saw that video. I read that article. And then I saw an article about next door mm-hmm. and it got me on my, yeah, like, you sent me that. And I was reading that too. I was like, yo, if people are racist, I'd rather just be up front with a racist person than have the closet racist people. Yeah. If I'm the people yeah. who smile at your face and then, you know, we're talking mad shit about you behind yeah. your back. Right. Like if you're going to yep. talk shit, just talk shit. Like, tell me what you think to my face. Don't, don't walk like, around smiling. Like the retired Navy Admiral. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude was talking to his wife about, like, in this. And I'm like, yo, you're dropping real word right now yep. with your wife. And then people only hit him up, like, you know, you're live, right? <laughs> so there are some good things, like secret hidden things about social media. But I, I there guess. are. I mean, I, I think, you know, that's something 
we talked about briefly last time, but it was something that I did want to want to touch on again is that I don't think that in, I mean, social media is not inherently bad. I think it, what's become bad is the way that we use it, you know, like we, and I say we not meaning me and you, <laughs> right? Uh, but I think we in general have gotten to the point where we trust it as a source of information as though it's, you know, some reputable journalist that, you know, has been around publishing stories and, you know, whatever, right? Like a million monthly active users. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like something like that. Um, <laughs> it's not right. Like social media is just social media. It's, it's right. all it is, is a place for people to share stuff. And sometimes it's a place where you can find reputable news sources, right? Like, but should it be though? No, it really shouldn't be. I mean, we've, it's become this like online marketplace slash debate platform slash, you know, puppy baby photo, right? you know, um, slash amateur modeling um, <laughs> platform. Not porn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it is what it is. And it's, um, so yeah, like why mix all that stuff together? Right. I think but my, my confusion with that is like, I, I'm not looking at soft porn, so why would you think I would be interested in it? That's what I'm like, I'm like, what's wrong with your algorithm? Like, because you know? it's like, what they can show. They can, <laughs> they can't show hardcore porn, Andre, which you uh, are okay. looking at. Uh, Just... <laughs> yeah, and I'll tell you the same thing I told my sons. I'm like, I'm not into window shopping. Like, if I, yeah, I know. Like totally you told not. me that before. <laughs> yeah, I, I I never want a window shop, so I'm I'm happily married, so I don't have the window shop. Um, I I don't know. I you're right. I I I don't I don't I don't know how to feel about like modern day journalism. If I'm being honest, like you know, um, well, it, there's a there's a weird mix of it, right? Because it's like I think there are some decent journalists out there who are actively working to try and get the story, and then I think. You see some people, even like some of the photo, you know, like news journalists and stuff who go into these protest situations because they want to become famous for being there, not because they're actually trying to capture a story. Yeah, I, I'm just, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm almost willing to figure out a way to construct a platform for open journalism. Like, so like user generated content. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> But how are you going to build your email lists? <laughs> well, these are going to work. I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, I, the the barrier to entry is so low. It if is. I'm, I mean, look at us. We're basically <laughs> yeah. We we have a website, right? Like we yeah, got a blog. It's not that hard. I we mean, have dozens, if not scores, of unique listeners. Technically, you're not lying. No. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it sounds so much better than when you say 10 to 20. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, I think the media has to, you know, they have to check themselves. I, I, I don't know if um, they have to get over the the news cycle like itself and figure out how to report the news. 
the, so I, yeah, and eliminate the sensationalism, right? Yeah. I think like that's a big part of it. And I think something else that I've kind of, I, I can't remember if it's something that we talked about or if it was just something that I read. Like, I think people are tired, you know, like people are just tired of being in fear constantly. And that right. is what the 24 hour news cycle has brought us. I yeah. mean, really, like if I, I personally, do you eat hamburger? Yeah. Find right. out why you shouldn't after this break. Exactly. <laughs> Eggs are good for you again. Oh, wait. No, they're not. Yes, they are. No, they're not. And by the way, no, they're not. They're really not. Um, yeah. <laughs> but seriously, God. it's always something, right? What's one? What's uh, the one thing in your house that might kill you? Tonight at 11. And it's like, <laughs> dude, it's 3.30. What might I kill myself with in the next seven and a half hours? I better sit right here and watch TV. Maybe I can figure it out if I watch the rest of the commercials. Yeah, it's it's so it's it's annoying. Like uh Hassan uh, gosh, I always butcher his name. Patriot I'm just gonna say Patriot yeah. cause, cause I don't want to butcher anybody's name. Yo, he came out with this timely thing about uh current journalism like uh, over the weekend. So I think people in general are just tired of the misinformation and you pick left or right, whatever you want to do. Yeah. I mean, you and I were talking about Fox news earlier. I think they're, they certainly deserve their own little special podium. Um, They they deserve their own special place in hell. Yeah. Well, that's what I meant. Um, Uh, Their podium in hell. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I figured if I started with that, you would kind of finish it for me. That would be a nice little, uh, you know, thing. This is like this is what I do. Okay. Like I'm, I set him up. You knock him down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this Tucker guy was Kurt. Carl. Oh, the bow tie boy. Yeah, gosh, I, him and D- DJ. Yeah. If I saw him and DJ, yeah, I would give him one for it because they, they is on that list too, though. Hannity's like, a punk though. He is, like, but he's been at it so long. I just can't. I mean, and honestly, like Rush Limbaugh, hit him too. I mean, I'd. I'd I know he's not Fox News, but he might as well be. Like, yeah. Um, and then what's his name? Alex Jones. It, uh, oh. I mean, and I, again, like I know that guy's a freaking nut job, and hardly anybody even listens to him anymore. The fact that he had the audience and a platform that he did at one point is mind-boggling. I'll, I'll give CNN this: they, they they figured out entertainment. Yeah, they no. <laughs> not- I mean, they are the kings of entertainment news. Yeah, they're not fringe like like Fox is like, yo, you think aliens are at like Kroger right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's the type of crap they report. And it's like, mm, no. And you're insulting people's intelligence. Actually, you're not. You've got a third of the country and probably a you half- found the, th- <laughs> the part <laughs> of the country with the lowest intelligence and catered directly to them. Yeah. I, I, I want to be careful when I say that. I right. It's because it's not it's not. I understand that intelligence is not directly linked to whether or not you're racist, right? Or whether or not right. you're, you side so with conspiracy. Donald Trump and just or be- conspiracy theorists. Like, I mean, there's a lot of things that, yeah, you're all about that. <laughs> Life's I, just I more hope- fun when everything's a conspiracy, Andre. It's time for politics. Wait, again? Well, I mean, when we when we think about this, it's like, you know, how can Donald Trump say it's a great day for George Floyd? Right. I almost I'm fell sorry. out of my chair. He, called, he said George. He yeah. can't, even, can't even say his whole name, probably because he couldn't remember. Yeah. Um, 
he probably honestly he probably remembered that the guy had two first names and it was a 50 50 shot as to whether or not it george came first or floyd was it floyd george or was it george floyd i don't really remember so i'll just say george right yeah that's you're probably right i mean i I, he's a piece of work man i i just you know he's like oh the economy the economy's not doing great (laughs) i mean the unemployment i don't care what the numbers say how you can look at what is going on in this country and say it's a great day it's a great day for everyone Except for the 34 million people that don't have jobs. Yeah. And the dude whose name you invoked, who is dead because... Who's dead. Yeah, he died. It's a great day for him. The the, the facts don't seem to matter when they come out. Like, first of all, he didn't speak facts. Well, and second of all, even if this was technically a fact at the time, it turns out that the numbers weren't even calculated correctly. It's, I'm unemployed. I'm, what is it? Uh... So that indicator was employed but not working. Yeah. So furloughed, furloughed yeah. employees. And nobody, nobody like went up and said, oh, okay, so we're flat. Yep. <laughs> we're nobody basically- looked at that and went, that doesn't make sense. That's weird. Can we check the numbers again? Could someone explain to me why it is that this might, well, this big group of people over here who are technically employed or might still have jobs, but, you know, also might not, like, (laughs) are they getting paid right now? No. So does it really, I mean, and yeah, that's part of my issue with the statistics and stuff like that is because they create so many weird little distinctions that it ultimately ends up skewing the numbers typically to favor one side or the other. I mean, I know that the statistics bureau that pulled those numbers is not partisan, you know, and, and, and a number of people have come out and defended them and said, look, you know, you can't, they they didn't do it with the intention of trying to misrepresent the information. It was simply a miscalculation that these people were marked in this way. They should not have been, or, or it was a practice that they have since like basically said, that's not how it should be marked. You know, or, or how, how... even even if that's true, even if all those facts remain true, the fact is they're not working. Right. They're you could probably categorize that entire group as furloughed employees. Yeah. Period. And just like yeah, so things are bad. Like it, it goes back to the freaking disinfectant thing. Yeah. Dude, the context of what was being said was around surfaces. You can't assume that you're going to shine a light in somebody's body or have them drink bleach, which is another thing that came up that CDC has had reported like numerous reports of people ingesting bleach for the love of all things. Holy. The guy is a clown, man. Like I was so proud to see Colin Powell, like call him a liar. Yeah. And that was dope. I was thrilled to see Mattis say, you know, this guy's he's a clown, basically. I mean, and and I think, you know, as much as he hates to back down, oh, I he think tried, he called General Colin Powell an overrated general. Yeah, my dude, you're you, like that hurts right here, like for a lot of reasons. Yeah. You, I mean, you think were, about the context of that. And what I mean in the current political, I mean, in the current climate, not, not even political, right? With everything that's going on right now, 
I mean, and you're going to turn there and say, you're, he's one of the most overrated generals. Really? On what grounds? I mean, that man had to do... So, no, it's I Colin mean, Powell, man. Like, no, you do not go after Colin Powell. No, no, no. I mean, like, how how can you? Like, Democrats never went after Colin Powell. Never, right? He tried to blame Colin Powell for the war in Iraq. It's like money. <laughs> no, what are you doing? Like, you're on crack. Like, stop. Yeah. Like, don't do. Like, but part of me is like, no, keep keep yeah, pressing. I on. know, I know. That's where I'm at too. It's like you know what? No. Keep, keep saying the Matt, stupid he stuff. He gave Mattis the name Mad Dog. Yep. Are yeah, you? he did. He definitely did. He, he when they were in you know war together. Because I didn't like the name Chaos. <laughs> Says the man who's done nothing but create that since the day he got elected. Oh I mean, not my! Even elected. Literally, he's been Chaos since the moment he joined the the For- presidential race. He wants his. He's a law and order president. He's the most militaristic president. First of all, my dude, the most militaristic president we ever had was freaking George Washington. Yeah, General George Washington. Have you not ever read a history book? Even though they're all like, or you know, Ulysses S. Grant. I know, right, my dude. Go, go down the list. How can you be? You never served. I've got bones. What is bone Bone spurs or something, right? He's a clown. Yes, he's a clown. It's like, dude, you're you're so. Oh, so somebody said this statement to me one time, and that's how I feel about Donald Trump. They, and again, I'm not the Mister Profanity, but they they were talking about somebody else who worked with him and said, uh, "Bitch eating crackers." And I was like, what does that mean? And they explained it to me. It's like, even if like, she ate crackers, it would annoy me. That's how I feel about Donald Trump. Yeah. I mean, it really, it doesn't matter what he does. It's all just varying degrees of awful. You know, like. Oh my gosh. He said he gave General Mattis the, the nickname Mad Dog. Like, come on, man. Like, stop. But the good news is that the um, November and December of 2020 are going to be great for the U S economy. I don't know if you know that, but Donald Trump has deemed it so. Um, and so now he'll just make it happen. Assuming you all reelect him. If you don't, then he's definitely going to push the, the button to flush everything down the toilet before he leaves. <laughs> Seriously, this dude keeps thinking that somehow the U.S. economy is going to turn around in the next six months. That that's what it's going to take to replace the... I mean, because I, I know it wasn't... We were at, what, 10, 15, 14, 20 million jobs unemployed, it was, right? It was 24 million, but then, like, it's... it's Realistically, 34 million people are, are without jobs. Yeah. So how are you going to put even half of those people back to work, right? Yeah. In the next six months, what are you going to do about And that's not even counting all of the small businesses that are closed now, right? That right. aren't going to reopen, which means that these people, some of these people don't even have anywhere to go back to work. I mean, he just basically like 
He just says stuff, man. I, I don't know how he gets away with it. I, I really I don't. don't. I mean, that's the thing is it's, but you know what it is? It, I, I actually do. I, I think I figured it out. And it's something that you said on the last episode, not to be that guy that's like, hey, my co-host is the smartest guy I know. But seriously, you're one of the smartest people I know. Um, he will not hold himself accountable. Right. And that's what it boils down to is every single other president, at least in my lifetime that I can recall, has had some level of personal accountability. It may not be where we all wanted it to be, right? Bill Clinton certainly right. had his own, you know, limitations on holding himself accountable, but ultimately wasn't such a piece of shit that when he got caught having affairs in the White House, he went, yeah, I did it, and I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, that was a terrible Bill Clinton impression. It started out okay, but it ended really bad. I thought it bad. was funny, bro. Like, I'm not... <laughs> but, I mean, am I wrong? Like, I'm pretty sure the guy kept it in his pants or at least stopped getting in trouble for it from that, that moment on. Right? <laughs> well, Hillary. <laughs> but that's what it really is, is that nobody else can hold him accountable. Nobody can stop him from getting in front of a microphone and saying these horrible things. If it was anybody else, like he would be lambasted across like everything. I like mean, really, the only people who, who really can even start to hold him responsible for this, other than the American people who are going to hopefully do that come November would have been the Republicans when he got impeached the first time. And the only one that stood up and that was Romney. Was Romney. Shocking. Right? So I'm one for two and Republicans I voted for that actually had a backbone. So, you know, um I mean hell, George W. Bush has come out now and no. has basically said Donald Trump's a freaking piece of shit. And he tried to clown he tried to clown Bush. Of it's course. Like, he doesn't care. But here's here's the thing that blows my mind. When you start going after people that at some level in people's mind have a stature that you can't even match you're setting yourself up for trouble but that's why a he lot does it, of right? a lot of people rock with bush man they do. it's like you're you, he's slowly but surely chipping away at the middle of the road that's going to get him reelected. i mean and bush is bush is immensely more popular now than he was when he when he left office in 2008 and part of it and correct me if I'm wrong, or, or get, I'd love to hear your take on this, but I think part of it is because of the way that he accepted and transitioned things with Obama, with President Obama, you know, was that yeah he looked at it and said, dude, we're in the crapper, right? I mean, this is a huge recession. I was reading something recently, uh, an article that was talking about like the potential, what, what 2021, January 2021, and kind of post- you know, the election day looks like both if, you know, Donald Trump were to win again and if he loses. Right. And one of the things they talked about was that that the reason that there's that two month period in between or three month period is so that there is a a, a peaceful transition of power, but also so that there is the opportunity for, you know, documents and everything to be prepared to say this is how everything works, which, you know, President Obama's administration did, and they, they literally said, we sat there and waited for people to show up, and there was nobody for us to hand these manuals to. Agencies that literally shuddered because no one ever showed up to lead them, and they assumed that they were no longer on staff. But you know what happened at the end of 2008? Was that during the election, John McCain and uh, President Barack Obama sat with 
President Bush and discussed the bailout packages and everything that they were putting together to try and reignite the economy because he understood that it didn't matter who won the election, whoever won was going to be the person that had to lead this country out of that. Right. And it was so much more important than politics, than partisan politics, that as a country, we had to do this. And I think you and I both agree that President Bush has plenty of flaws and, you know, and yeah, there's lots of things that you can look back on and say that he may not have made the right decision. Sure. But Ultimately, I I can't help but respect him as a person for the way that he handled that and the fact that, I mean, like, that's not a given, right? I think we're looking at that right now. Yeah, I, I mean, that's why I'm like, I, I, I realized once I went back to unaffiliated is that I, I don't think I ever really cared about the politics. I only I've only really cared about the policy and neither party. Republican or Democrat has shown me consistency that they understand the fundamentals of leadership, if I'm being honest. And yeah, tr you know, uh, pr President Bush, his last 16 months was a train wreck. Yeah. But I remember watching his, you know, when he returned back to Texas, he had a, uh, a press conference and he was very, very like honest about the fact like, Hey, I made the best decisions with what I knew. And like, for anybody listening, I've made a lot of decisions where on the outside looking in, you're like, yo, that's questionable. But the reality is you don't know what option B or C were. <laughs> so, I mean, if that was my best option, what were the other options? Uh, and of course, I've made mistakes. So not to say that you're infallible, but I can't imagine what that would be like to be the president of the United States. Um it's kind of like Minneapolis. They're, you know, they're getting a, a bum rap with this whole, you know, defund the police and, and the media again. Yeah. I, this is the last time I'll say it. I do believe there is some basis to people that say mainstream media, left and right, sucks. Yeah. Because we're not willing to ask, you know, we're making headlines, not actually stating what the true headline is and for the media to say that Minneapolis is, is looking to defund and dismantle the police department. It's just a great example of that. It's yeah. Um, because of course the way that it gets portrayed is, well, tomorrow morning we're going to wake up and there will be no police officers. Um, you know, and so then what you end up with is people who are like, well, of course, this is what the left always wanted was the, you know, to, to abolish law and order. And the hippies have finally won. Right. Um, <laughs> so everybody just smoke some weed and free love. Um, call, it a day. call it a day. Um, no, that's not what's happening here. Right. What they are looking to do is basically start over with a new plan that is focused on not basically on nonviolent response for nonviolent situations or and not yeah, even, not even crimes. Right. Because, and I think right. that's part of what we're seeing here across America is that time and time again, we have decided that the best situation or that the best response was somebody with a gun, right. Who isn't, isn't trained for that situation. I'm, I am not by any means, I want to clarify, excusing the violence that is exhibited by police officers and especially 
against black people in this country. That is absolutely not the reason that that happens is because they're, you know, responding to nonviolent things with violence. But I think that it is an element of what we see in other areas of, you know. So, but we keep going after the symptom solutions though. And that's what my, my problem is. It's like, okay, great. You're going to get a social worker to answer this mental health call. You're going to get, but why is that neighborhood so depressed? Why is it so underserved? When that's where, you know, Los Angeles, right? The mayor is saying, I'm not going to defund, but I'm going to take $150 million from what was supposed to be the additional police budget. Yeah, that's cute. And I I appreciate, and I'm going to be cynical. I appreciate the first steps, but I don't appreciate the first steps. Until we're willing to do the work and actually answer the hard questions, none of that's going to work. Absolutely none of it. So and, when because I knew we were going to talk about the Minneapolis stuff. And so one of the things that I had read was an article talking about what is the only other like compare comparable city to have done anything like that in America, which is Camden, New Jersey, um, like which I think is one sixteenth, if I'm not if not significantly smaller, the size of Minneapolis, like twenty five thousand people in Camden, yeah. Yeah. Um, much smaller city. Uh, much different kind of, I guess, racial makeup there. You know, I think it was over 60% uh, were blacks and Latinos and like less than 16% or something like that are, are, were Caucasians. Um, They dismantled or, you know, disfunded their police department and basically started over by writing a new set of training policies and all of this stuff. They still have police officers, but the police officers are viewed more as community liaisons. Some people have felt like it's, you know, made improvements. The statistics have shown that, you know, crime has gone down. Part of it was that I guess they had these massive open air drug markets that were just going on that they shut down. Amazing that that got rid of a lot of crime. Um, But there's also a lot of people who still look at the, the makeup of the police officers or the police department, specifically the fact that you have a white police chief and that only one of the seven captains is a black man, uh, that it's nothing's really that different. You know, that ultimately we started over from scratch and we ended up with the exact same problem. You know why? Cause we have this stupid thing called police unions. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm first of all, I'm not pro union. Yeah, period. I think like, most people and, would be aware of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> and it does, and unions definitely don't make sense to me for public servants. So, for the love of God, somebody please, if you're, maybe you can explain to me why, why and how is it possible that a, an, a public servant has to be represented by a union? And these unions for public servants, are more powerful than politicians. Yeah. And we elect our politicians. We are, <laughs> we are like forced to, you know, like to deal with unions. Right. Well, cause think about it, right. It, in, ser- in areas, right. Where that's the case where you have, let's say a corrupt. Country. Yeah, no, I know. But I'm, but I'm saying like, like over overtly kind of corrupt, you know, situations and you have a new mean, politicians. Like- no, Chris, my, it's like I'm I'm angry because unions are bad. Like there's not been a union that makes any sense to me that I've ever seen, whether it be electricians, teachers, uh, freaking police officers, auto workers. The people that typically suffer are the freaking employees. Yeah. 
the the so the point that I was trying to make. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. I I wasn't saying it. I wasn't articulating it correctly. Um, my point was mostly that when you are say running for office somewhere, who's one of the first people that you go to try and get the endorsement of the police chief, right? And what is he going to want? Right. (laughs) So it's like, that's what you're doing. You're going out and you're kissing it. And it's, I mean, you notice, right. That you have all these calls to defund and, and dismantle police departments and both Donald Trump and Joe Biden have said, no, I'm not for that. I wonder why, how many police officers are there that are card carrying registered voters out there in America? Oh, totally got that. There's 800 police officers in the United States. Great. I think there's 800 police officers, 800,000. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Don't correct me. Don't correct me. <laughs> he said 800. I was like, uh, if that's my, man, this is a completely different problem than what I thought we had, <laughs> <laughs> but they're really fast. They can yeah, go from city to city, so but my brain went to the next thought really quick. I'm sorry. It's okay. My problem is not the fact that they're, my problem is the unions. Like, yeah. and, and that's like, until we're willing to say, okay, why? Why again? Like the five whys. Yeah. We're not doing that with this problem. Because we're, we're not saying- getting to the root issue otherwise, right? And that's right. what we talked about last time. Is it's like the symptoms, yeah, sure, we can take, you know, something, we can do something to solve the symptoms, but if we don't fix the root issue, then all we're doing is continuing to have to solve the symptoms. Right. And that's where we've been for the last, you know, I mean, at least the last hundred years in this country, right? And significantly longer than that, if we're being honest. Yeah. And, I, and I, for me, it's like, yeah, I hear you guys. That's, that's fantastic. The problem is like, yes, I, it's hard for me to say this. Police brutality is a problem. The roadblock has consistently been like, I don't give it. I don't care if the fraternal order of police endorses a candidate. Yeah. That's probably like the no, opposite. I know you I don't, want. but the reason that they go for that is because then that guy says, all right, everybody that's in my precinct, right? Totally got it. Yep. I don't, I would not care. Right. I would vote not want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I would not want to be their friend. I don't give a crap about their opinion because they're part, they are part of the problem. And they, you know, when you, you if you extrapolate the problems that unions cause, look at our auto industry. Look at the fact that teachers are still underpaid. Look at the fact that police officers still get away. They, they can still break laws and still be employed. Maybe not in this county, but another county. I, I just think it's not working. Like yeah. even progressives that tell me unions are the solution, tell me how you can't, you can't prove that to me. I if think they work, it's less that. Sorry, go ahead. They worked in the twenties and thirties. They're early nineteen hundreds. They worked then. Great. Now they're just a corrupt, another corrupt part of the system. Yeah, you know, I think. Uh, I think it's less about unions and it's more about people understanding the power of a group, right? It's not about having a permanent union, but, but understanding the power that each of us has as an individual and how much, how, how we can amplify that power by working together. You know, if you, it's not about having a union at your company, but if you've got a group of people that are being underserved or are, you know, for whatever reason, being mistreated at your organization and you can get the people that work there to say, hey, we're not going to work until I mean, it's I look at the, the college football players. Right. Um, that, uh, or 
Florida State. Yeah. Um, you know, with Mike Norvell. And it's like, that's what we need more of, right? We need more of like people understanding the power that they hold inherently and that, you know, all of us together are even are are ten times more powerful than each of us individually. Yeah. I I mean, and that that even goes against the, the NFL's players association or the NBA's players association because like again, it's like the same thing. Bar- yeah, collective bargaining. I who I who are hear you it. really benefiting? The owners. Yeah. That's who benefits from that crap. Yeah, nobody else. I mean You're fighting amongst yourselves. I mean, that's what happened with this last collective bargaining agreement with the NFL was that you have this, you know, top five, ten percent of players that are making ridiculous amounts of money and they don't want to play an extra game or two because it's not worth it for them, right? But you've got the other eighty to ninety percent of the league that's making, you know, significantly less, right? Let's just call it that. And an extra game or two, that's a lot to them. huge for them compared to what they're getting paid already. And that's where you lost out was that you, the, you know, the players at the top thought, Hey, we're players. Everybody that's a player feels the same way. Guess what? That's not true. Like your reunion doesn't even truly have equal representation. Right. Right. You take the most benign issue, like a, a professional athlete's contract to a serious life, life and death situation, like police, like policing in general. Yeah. Unions are terrible. And the fact that we keep, you know, sucking up to union. I don't, as a voter, maybe I don't want you to be endorsed by the police. <laughs> like, you know, fraternal. Well, especially now, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I, no, I know, I know exactly what you're saying. Like, I think the endorsement of those unions should be looked at as a, as negative. a negative thing more than anything. Like I'm, you know, if I'm a candidate, I'm, I wouldn't be looking for that at this point. Yeah. I mean, the, the Donald said, you know, when you put him in the car, don't protect their head. Yep. Be a little, be a little rougher with them. Like what happened? Man, I, I wish, I, I swear, I wish I could just meet that guy one time, man. I, I mean, and you can't tell me that this isn't what he's wanted all along. Oh, I mean, this hands, is what he has been building for. Yeah. Hands down. He's, he's a racist. And like for people to pretend like he's not. And to anybody that's a Christian, please for like Faldwell, his whole bunch. Yo, tell me how what anything the Donald says is aligns with Christianity. If you're out there listening and you can explain, hit us up in the comments, whatever. Yeah, I would love, I would love to understand because I don't want to be a hypocrite. If you can tell me what he's doing that makes you feel that he aligns with, stop taking real believers through the mud with you. For this clown. Yeah. It's embarrassing. If you have a church out there, you know, I know God's going to deal with you, but I, I, I kind of want it to happen sooner than later because you're embarrassing. And the Bible says, Oh, you're going to come to my door, but I'm going to tell you, I don't know you. So and that's a paraphrase, but you guys, you guys have got to check yourself on that because it's wrong, man. You know, it's wrong. You've got, and if you don't know it's wrong, I hope you realize it's wrong. Stop, stop associating what you know like to be true with what you know to be false for your own benefit. That's why people don't like Christians and the whole evangelical thing, not even trying to play that game. Protestants, Catholics wake up and stop being a clown. Yo, like this idiot, 
he looks like he's in Tiananmen Square walking with his wife who doesn't want to be with him to go to like the Pope's uh, memorial. To be fair, she never wants to be with him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can you blame her? Nah, I can't. I can't. I'm sure she's pissed that she even married him. Uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, but I don't think she really cares either. I mean, I, I don't. I don't think I think part of the reason that they're together is because she just I mean, that jacket that she wore all those years ago. Right. I don't really care. Do you? That wasn't an accident. That wasn't that was her literally saying, I don't give a shit. I don't want to be here, but I'm here. And so I'm just going to live the life that I thought I was going to live in the White House instead. With my my kid and ride it out. I mean, it's it's great, but I mean, this guy keeps talking about the economy, but, you know, he lives in a fantasy world. Like, the economy's not getting better. I, I don't know if I said it. I, I believe I, I know I read it talking about a marketing agency in uh, New York that was downsizing and furloughing people. So, again, I was Jimmy the Greek on that. Yeah. But it's not going to get better. You know, like, I, I'm not trying to be, like, super cynical. It's just a reality. It, it, yeah, the the impact that the shutdown and the virus had, and I love people who were like, "See, we shouldn't have shut down. This wasn't that big of a deal." No, we're at one hundred twelve thousand deaths. We're only at one hundred twelve thousand deaths, um, <laughs> and it's like on top of that, you do realize the the reason we are at quote unquote only a hundred thousand deaths is because we shut everything down. Like we'd be over a million deaths if everybody just carried on with their normal lives. And you know what? We'd probably be a lot lower than a hundred thousand or 112,000 if people would have actually done what they were supposed to be doing. Cause you know that there were plenty of people that weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm (laughs) the, the impact of that sort of thing is not something that you just immediately come back from the people who are on furlough that aren't going to get rehired. The, like, they're being counted, you know, supposedly as employed right now. And they're going to, they're not. And again, right. The small businesses that are shuttered permanently now, you know, and, and yes, some places like, uh, I know there was an article like Ashley Christensen in downtown Raleigh was closing Chuck's the burger restaurant that she had. She's she's closing it because they're going to expand the, whatever the chicken and waffles places that they have next door into there because ultimately Chuck's wasn't making nearly as much money as they were over there. That's what it really is. And so it's like, you know, local business shuttered because of COVID. Um, no, they're taking this as an opportunity because they got to do all this shit to the restaurant and it's going to be closed. So you might as well do it now. Correction, 113,000 deaths and, as counting. Of, and counting as of June 9th. The reality, I mean, the companies that are, Sending out, or there's a lot of things going on. The, the racial injustice is finally, people are, in my opinion, are finally collectively trying to acknowledge it. Yes. I don't know if it's going to be addressed, but I, people are acknowledging it. Those yeah. Are, yeah. I, it may not be addressed or solved, but it's another, I think we have to acknowledge that it is another step. Right. Right. And as it's, it's better than nothing. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is what we've gotten a lot of over the last four years. So I think we're all just kind of taking this as a win at this point. Like, and I say we all like you know, it's a step, right? And I, I'm excited for the fact that people are acknowledging it. Yeah. 
I'm not hopeful, but well, I am hopeful, but I'm not overly confident that people are going to actually like municipalities, local and state governments are going to do something different. Yep. Um, yeah. Cause I think we, what we are probably in store for in most areas is a lot of lip service followed by yeah. no action. Yeah. I, I'm done with happy talk. Yeah. You know, um, the, then we look at the, you know, what that's, what, what that does is magnifies the fact that there are a lot of disparities in our society and companies have been forced to say, Oh, we support black people. And I'll be honest. I think most of them are just full of crap. Yeah. And the only reason they're doing it now in such masses is because their customer base actually includes some white people. And they don't want it. It's a marketing stunt. And I said before, Nike hedge your bets and they are in the good for right now. No, it's so funny. I, I don't know that I necessarily put two and two together previously, but when you said what you just said about the marketing ploy for white people, I realized that that's exactly what it is, that it's not about appealing to black people in America and saying, Hey, we stand with you. We stand against, you know, racial injustice. And these are the steps as an organization that we are going to take to try and make a difference. Right. Even if we can only impact things within our corporate structure, that's where we're going to focus. And then we're also going to, you know, support these other causes out here that are doing other great things. That's awesome. Right. But that's not what you're seeing from most of these people. And it's, and it is not trying to get people, black people to understand that they're with them. It's trying to say to white people, Hey, if you're currently upset about this, don't feel like you can't come to Wendy's and get a burger. We got you. We got you. Right. Hashtag black lives matter. Yeah, it's it's garbage. It's like a it's it's just and I mean start looking at commercials. I, I told my wife and daughter this. I'm like, hey, as soon as it as soon as things switch, said start watching commercials. And you'll notice I saw a Joseph A. Banks commercial with a black dude. I've seen a lot of commercials. They're putting like brothers and sisters in it. I'm like, yep. I wonder what they're gonna do about that Cheerios commercial where people got upset because of an interracial couple. Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm very cynical <laughs> and skeptical about the motivations of companies. Yeah. It's I, I, I do. Yeah. It's, it's like, mm. and it's not even like conspiracy theory level. Like we've seen it time and time again, right? That, oh, that's happened to me. Those are the conversations that exist within those organizations. And yeah, like you, you've experienced that firsthand repeatedly. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember when like it was, the new like social thing to promote the LGBTQ community. And I'm going to say this, but I'm going to come back and explain where like it probably drove some of my feelings. And I saw tons and tons of new executives. And it wasn't just that, you know, Robert's a great guy, Robert and his partner, Sam. It wasn't just that Linda was an awesome woman, Linda and her partner, you know, Elizabeth, it was, it was putting people in positions like, and I'm not talking, I'm talking like company wide mm-hmm. because they saw a tide turning and marking figured that out. And yep. they said that the LGBTQ community has got a lot of disposable income and yep. we're going to change some commercials and blah, blah, blah. And I watched the whole thing play out. 
And if they ever try to deny it, I will tell them to your face. You're full of it. Like you're lying. I mean, you know for a fact that there is market research and there are conversations and emails that are that all exist that prove that that was all done specifically as a marketing ploy. That there was no real effort to diversify. Right? It wasn't about you know because that's the whole funny thing, right? When it comes to diversity, is that it's not about understanding that diversity doesn't mean that I have an equal number of people of different colors that work here, or, you know, here's my, you know, my black woman that works over here. And here's my, you know, my gay Latino over here, you know, like that's not how this works. What diversity truly means is understanding that there are candidates outside of the ones who look like you out there and you have to appreciate that. And most of the time they're more qualified or as qualified as the people that you're going to hire. I'll tell you this, like the, when I saw that from the inside and it, it probably caused, and this is what I'm coming back to a little bit of resentment. Sure. It's like, Oh, okay. At first I thought I had to change my name to Robert to get promoted because there's a lot of people in this company that all have the same name. I'm like, man, they're all named the same thing. So maybe I should have changed my name. Right. Then it's like, well, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not going to, be gay to get promoted that doesn't sound right because <laughs> like that's not who i am but it's like what you know what do i have to do as a black man where i can't i got whether it was nepotism in a couple occasions or whether it was just flat out racist people i didn't get promoted until i had a literally hispanic boss yeah and i'm just telling you that flat out where i've been passed over for promotions for white people that were underqualified. So to my LGBTQ like brothers and sisters, yeah, I get it. Like the us 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 versus them, it's wrong. Like and I respect your struggle. Stop saying that it's the same as ours because it's not true. And I want to support and be a loving brother and be like, yo, what can I do? What can I learn from you? And blah blah blah. But I will say whether it's corporate America or just in our private lives, we got to stop playing us versus them. We got to decide between right and wrong and do a better job of that. And I'm, I'm never, well, I'm not going to do a freaking social media post, but I'm committed to, you know, committed to trying to do the right thing to help people to be successful. Um, and it's not some gimmick. So I'm just very cautious of the whole gimmick with, uh, you know, cor- especially corporate America. I don't, I don't buy that crap. No, there's no reason to trust them at this point. They they haven't proven themselves trustworthy for uh, a very long time now. Yeah. And it's like our corporate overlords. I mean, what's yeah. funny is that, you know, people are like giving them a lot of high fives for donating money. I'm like, I don't give a crap about what money you donate because I know that you're also going to lobby for things that benefit your company. And you're going to write it off as a big old tax. And it's, it's going to be a tax write off at the end. Yep. Yep. That's exactly. And that's the, I mean, you're doing it for two reasons. One, because you want the publicity and two, because you can write it off on your taxes. Like yeah, that's, right. that's why you're doing that. It's not because you actually believe in the cause. It's not because you really want to change things. It's because you want to pay lip service to it. Right. Knock it off. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I mean, and I, I've got to caution myself on being so skeptical of what these, maybe their intentions are good, but my thing is always going to be the sure. proof. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Show me what you're doing because, you know, I, I worked at a company where they had a black CEO for two years until that wasn't popular anymore. Yep. 
one of the first uh, black CEOs of a Fortune 5. And so it wasn't popular. So everybody was excited, you know? Well, and then, then you can check that off your bingo card list, right? Yep, black exactly. CEO. Boom. Don't have to do that again. Cool. Yep. You know? I mean, and we have one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's. <laughs> That's like that's with like hiring, right? Where it's like you're you're you know you're expanding your executive team. All right, well we need one more black person, and can we get some Asians in here? I don't feel like we have enough Asian people. <laughs> but they don't even know what constants consist or what countries consist of an Asian like descent, which is even worse. Well, but Mexico is not part of North America either. So, <laughs> oh man, and I I, I just <laughs> yeah, I I hope that corporate America. I mean. I'm torn between why we want to give so much uh, credit to corporate America. Like, and I get it that they have lobbyists, blah, blah, blah. And we're a capitalist country, but guys, ladies and gentlemen, we are the swamp. Yeah. Like, we put Mitch McConnell, not us, Kentucky put Mitch McConnell in office, South Carolina. You put Lindsey Graham in our, as a headache. So I'm not mad at him or like either one of them. I'm mad at you. Like I'm mad at both personally, but that's okay. I'll I'll allow you to not be mad at them. I'll be mad at, at them for you. How's that? <laughs> I mean, I've never thought about the fact that if you watch like if you watch these uh, news briefings and these like uh, snippets of interviews, there's a lot of black mirrors and a lot of like super redneck places. Yeah. Like, how is it possible? Think about it this way: How is it possible that the black vote shows up for a Joe mayor, Biden, but not or mayor mm-hmm. or Joe Biden, but not for a senator. How does that make sense? So, do we have a you know a gerrymandering problem again? I don't know, <laughs> North Carolina. I'm looking at you, but how is it possible that? Charleston. I don't know if Charleston's mayor is black, but there's a lot of black mayors I saw in, in South Carolina, Alabama, uh, places I would call like deep South states. Yeah. Uh, Mobile, Mobile. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce that. Alabama. He's black. Uh, it's just like, yo, but you guys have some of the most racist SOBs representing your state. How does that work? I mean, I think it ultimately does. I mean, a lot of it boils down to gerrymandering, um, and you know the the population centers too, right? I think is part of it. Where I mean, it, because it, I'm just saying, like out in the more rural areas, that tends to be more white people, I guess, than and in the deep south, right? Chris, I'm going to challenge that. So North Carolina has a history of voting for typically Democratic governors. Mm-hmm. But our our senators are typically Republican. That doesn't add up. Yeah. Like, so it do, it totally doesn't. Like, it, it's some. And I'm not a I'm not a poli side guy. And I'm just going off of things. I no. I think I think. I mean, that's a fair question. You know, like, how do you end up with that, right? Right. I think part of it is that there are. Maybe it's a, you know, there's enough of the, that in between group that doesn't vote straight party or straight ticket, right? So it's not a matter of, well, I'm voting for a Democratic governor, so I'm going to vote for a Republican or that, so I'm going to vote for a Democratic, you know, senator. Um, I think there are some people out there who are looking, for whatever reason, for balance in 
government. And so they'll do that where they'll say, okay, well, I'm going to vote for Roy Cooper, but to balance that out, I'm going to put a, I'm going to vote for a Republican Senator. Now I don't, I don't think that there's enough people in North Carolina that are, you know, coordinating that, that we end up with a situation over and over again. I'm just kind of theorizing some potential, you know, I mean, I I don't know. What do you, what are your thoughts? What do you think is the reason for that? I don't know. Just, I'm just curious. Like it's one of those things where I might like, like dig into that a little bit more because it doesn't make sense to me. Like how can I see? The House of Representatives stuff makes a little more sense only because that's done by districts, which obviously can very easily be gerrymandered um, or adjusted through gerrymandering. But yeah, obviously from a, um, I mean, maybe I'm trying to think in, in the state level, I mean, they have like state electoral colleges too, right? Don't either the, the counties or the district, the voting districts and stuff like that basically have, you know, a number of, uh, of, votes that they hand out or something like that yeah i just it just doesn't oh we have some homework to do for our next next episode (laughs) hey if you're listening to this and i happen to get it published before we publish our next or we record our next episode uh, and you know the answer to this hit us up on on whatever because i'm i've decided that what i'm probably going to do is leave the social media channels up for now um mainly i think as we talked about last time as a way of kind of like a group message um, but please feel free to hit us up on there. Cause I will still check notifications for people that message us or, you know, reply to us and stuff like that, um, on any of those. But yeah, if you know the answer to this, like how we could possibly end up with this repeating over and over and over again, uh, Andre and I would love to, yeah. to understand. So, all right, I'll say this and I want to talk about something that actually makes me feel better. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I do like our website. It gives me a chance to write stuff. So I think I'll continue to do that because that's great. And, you know, um, I, I will say actually my sons and my, actually my, all of my kids have given me some of their feedback about what's currently happening in our country right now. And I, I'm very proud of all of them. Um, and it's really, for me, it's kind of like dope to see that, you know, I don't expect them to respond a certain way. I've respected each one of their, their opinions and, and what have you, but I'm going to pat myself on the back as a parent. I'm just like really proud that they're, <laughs> they're all like super secure in what they feel, how they see things and what they want to do with their lives. So there's a lot, I mean, through this tragedy, you know, hopefully we get some, some change at the end of the tunnel and hopefully, you know, it's not like a, we don't treat this as another news clip of what happens in our country because that would be very disappointing. Cooking. And I also want to say that um, this is where, like, I'll talk about something that makes me equally happy. I had a Beyond Burger and the Impossible Burger is like better. <laughs> it's so much better. Um we had been consistently ordering from BurgerFi up the street, um, which has the Beyond Burger. It was okay, you know. Like, I mean, I I like BurgerFi all right. Like, I think they're they make good stuff, um, but it just doesn't it just doesn't have that same kind of like I don't know if it just doesn't char the same way or what it is. But Burger Twenty One, which is kind of like on, over on the other side here, um, they'll do they do the Impossible Burger, and so. Right. Uh, we had found that cause Christy had just been like, you know, I'm not really, I, I'm really just kind of done with the beyond burgers, you know, like it's, 
And so we started ordering from there. They're pretty good. Um, <laughs> you had mentioned, I think, a couple of weeks ago that you had tried Red Robin's Impossible Burger. Right. So we were sitting here one night a couple of weeks ago, and we were trying to figure out what we were going to eat. And I don't know why, for whatever reason, I was just like, you know, Andre was saying like, you know, the Red Robin's Impossible Burger was pretty good. Would you want to try that? And she's like, yeah, I'll try that. So we ordered, we both ordered the same thing, the Bonsai Burger with the Impossible Patty. Um, She got, she had something slightly different on hers. I don't remember what it was. Um, But it was both like no mayo and no cheese or anything like that. They show up. I eat mine. Everything's good. She gets about two thirds of the way through hers. And she goes to pick it up to take another bite and looks at it, and the inside of it is pink. It was a burger. It was a regular burger. It had a, the little flag in it right. that said impossible. So obviously... That's what you were thinking. This is impossible. Yeah. How did you make this? Uh, somebody cooked a regular hamburger and went, oops, oh well. It's impossible that they'll notice. Yep. And so she was sick for the rest of the night because she's extremely allergic to that stuff that's not just it's not just like a mental <laughs> thing for her so funny thing uh my my wife doesn't have a favorite son but one of our sons um like her the other favorite. One, Let's put it yeah there. Sunday night one of our boys like was like hey mom can you make me some dinner you know she made him like four days worth of like food right <laughs> i was like i was into it and um after the episode, I'm going to guess which one it was. <laughs> I was like, yo, what are we doing, yo? Like, and um, it was just really, it was so, like, I'll be honest. It was so sweet to see my wife make my son dinner. I was like, wow, that is, that is so loving. And um, she was, you know, put it in containers. He's like, Ma, can you put it in? Like, I thought you were going to make like little dishes so I could have like, you know, each meal. Yo, she totally did it. She undid the dishes. Yeah, oh my gosh. Oh my, oh my gosh. I was like, I was livid. I was like, yo, how does this work that you get to come over here? And like, your mom is legit making you like four days worth of food. And well, anyway, she, she had a little bit of potatoes and um, rice and beans left over. Oh, your favorite. And, what what messed up? I I think there was some chicken in it because ah. I ate the whole thing, and it like I felt like my stomach was like not having that. I was like, yeah, yeah. I and I was like, I didn't want to ask her because I wasn't trying to start a fight. I was like, maybe I ate some chicken, and that's like the only thing I've eaten different was that little dish. I was like, yeah, I can't. I probably can't eat meat again because my body is so like. Mm. I'm at least it'd take you a while to kind of build your tolerance back up to it. Yeah. But it's funny. I mean, cause you, that happens where your body, you know, obviously very quickly can get used to either having stuff or not having stuff. Right. And when you reintroduce that back into your system, your body's kind of like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you imagine like reintroducing the fact that my wife literally made my son like four days for like, no, it's probably like five days because she made him like some lunch stuff, some dinner stuff. I'm like, 
I was so hurt. <laughs> See, and that's hilarious because it's the exact opposite for me these days. Uh, ever really? since I became vegan, when I go down to the beach to hang out with my parents, I'm the one that does all the cooking. Like me and Christy will take over my mom's kitchen and she loves it because she's like, hey, this is great. Like I don't have to cook for the entire time they're here. They'll just show up and cook stuff. And, um, <laughs> you know, like when we did a grill out and so she was, I mean, she'll do some stuff and I love like part of the reason that I cook is because I grew up cooking with my mom. And so I love being in the kitchen with her. Like we're, we're great. Uh, and so, yeah, like that's part of the reason I love doing it down there is because also she's got an awesome kitchen with like a six burner gas stove and all this stuff. It's, um, and a big Island for doing prep work. And it's yeah, fantastic. Um, and so, yeah, like I, whenever I go down there where we take like bags and bags of groceries and now I've got like a certain shelf that's got like all of my <laughs> vegan stuff on it where I'm like, don't eat unless you really want to feel free. Um, just let me know what you eat so I can make sure I bring some the next time. But yeah, so it's like, I go down there and I'll set up shop and just cook for four or five days and then leave them some leftovers. And they're usually that's like, cool. oh, you can't eat all this. Like this is way too much. Food. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, I actually on Sunday I made like a like a veggie hoagie, mm-hmm. which was really good. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed it, and I was going to go to Whole Foods, but the Whole Foods and Carry they keep reporting about more COVID nineteen <laughs> infections, so I can't go to Whole Foods. So, yeah, that's yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, I need some more like vital wheat gluten and a few other things and. Like I got to figure something out. You know, I found uh, it's probably way more expensive than buying it at Whole Foods, but I think Walmart.com actually has the vital wheat gluten. Way more expensive than yeah. Whole Foods. Okay. So yeah, and then I'm like probably. Um, well, I don't have anything against Amazon's delivery right now. I'm trying to balance my relationship out with them, but I'm anti Grubhub. I hate those guys. Yeah. Or DoorDash. They're they're killing restaurants right now, but you know, we'll talk about that next time. Um, anyway, yeah, you've taken up enough of my time already, sir. I know. Right. I'm just kidding. Um, I love talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. As we are still on for lunch tomorrow. I don't know where we're going to go. I right? have to find somewhere with outdoor seating, I guess. I know. Right. Um, community kitchen is still only doing a pickup. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll figure something out. We'll pick uh, it up and we'll just eat it there in the parking lot. <laughs> We'll, br- we'll bring a couple of chairs and some some table you know a little t- oh i got the truck that's perfect we'll just yeah, have a little yeah. tailgate yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have officers pulling up guys why is there a keg here it's we're tailgating <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for hanging out with us um it's um we get it there's a lot of stuff going on right now um a lot of hard choices Heart, you know, the country's got to make, and hopefully, you know, for us, we're. I know I'm trying to wrestle through some of the, you know, the next steps for me. Like, I think that as a country, we need to do a couple things: vote, boycott, but be honest. Uh, let's vote for the right policies. Let's let's screw the political voting out the door. Like, if and if you can tell me why I should under help me, two things I need help with. If you're a racist, why are you a racist? And two, if you can explain to me what you see so appealing about Donald Trump, I would love, and I'm not even trying to be mean about that. I no, would love to understand. I welcome it. Like, I would love to understand why it is that people feel like he is the right option, you know? Yeah. And and if you can make that argument grounded in facts that don't come from Fox News or Breitbart, then yeah. 
<laughs> or national well, review. Like. Yeah, it'd be a great conversation because I, I, I don't want it. I am not a hateful person. I just, I, I genuinely want to understand. You know, I, I can, I am okay with my own bias. I'm okay with the things where I may have seen it the wrong way, um, and I'm open about it. I'm, I'm, I'm fallible. You know, and I want to be a better person for myself, for my family, and for my friends. So if you can explain that, like, if you're racist and you just hate black people or anybody that's not white, tell me why. You know, I'd love to, I'd love to understand. I'd love to hear what that conversation or what that means to you. And secondly, if you can explain to me why Donald Trump deserves to have our vote, I'd love to hear it. Also, let's boycott. You know, if you, you're not in category, like, the, <laughs> like seriously. If you're not in category A, yeah. Please join me in category B and boycotting yeah. the people that are in category A. Yeah, let's, boycott. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's stop giving them our money. And number three, let's be honest. And I think honesty is a it's a it's now become an art form. It's not about being politically correct. It's about being able to express yourself with understanding that you may not uh you may not be making friends with honesty. Like that's how I look at it. It's like, hey, I, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. This is just how I see it. So if we can, one, vote, two, let's boycott where we need to boycott, and three, be honest, I think we'll be in good shape. Yeah. But until next time, thanks for joining us with, on the Chris and Andre show. I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. And we'll talk to you next time. They call it clockwise, but are clocks really that smart? All they do is go around in circles all day. <laughs> and hey, even a broken clock has right twice. <laughs>